0: Welcome to the third podcast in our special series devoted to diversity and inclusion produced by the Urban Development Institute of Australia in WA. I'm your host, Tanya Steinbeck, CEO of UDIAWA, and in this episode, I'm joined by two of UDIAWA's Industry Workforce and Diversity Committee members, Anna Broughton, a director at NS Group, and Rachel Evans, principal at Emerge Associates. We're going to explore the topic benefits to organizations of diversity and inclusion taking meaningful action thanks for joining me today anna and rachel hello thanks for having us you're welcome all right so we're going to dive in first question so you've obviously both of you have been significant contributors to udia's journey today in improving diversity and inclusion within our organization and also leading our members and as participants in developing the diversity and inclusion policy and our diversity toolkit. Tell us about what you've learned from going through
1: that process. I'll kick off. I think what what I learned is that when we did the research to produce the toolkit, there is just a multitude mm-hmm. of resources out there, but it wasn't easy to find what we were trying to do here at UDIA and produce something that was really manageable, that you could just go to a bit of a how-to to produce a policy for your small to medium enterprises. And it was really, it was a lot of fun to do the research and we learned a lot. And it was really good to be part of something that we know companies can take and use to better the diversity and inclusion in their workplaces.
0: Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And what about you, Rachel? I was the same. I actually was quite
2: surprised, I think, which is a bit disappointing that I was surprised at how much solid data there is out there, because I think it's still not necessarily seen to be the benefit That it really is and and maybe that's because there's no solid data but that's not true there actually is heaps of solid data out there to show just how much benefit there is to diversity and inclusion and when you start looking for it it is all there and it's you know you kind of really clear the benefit of it and so kind of doing a bit of research and then being able to group that in together into a kind of usable policy. I learned heaps and I think just putting that into one small space to then be able to help other people focus it and not have to think that there's nothing there like being able to give them to a a spot to go easily look for it
1: was really, really helpful. I think one thing as well with having conversations in the industry that anyone if they want to approach their executive team and bring the opportunity to them and ask them either time out of their allocated or a resource to pull it together i would imagine there's very few executive teams out there that would say no no that's not something we want to do but it just takes someone just one person within the organization to raise it if it's not already part of the agenda for the directors or the executive team
0: and so what's been your experience at ns in the sense of diversity and inclusion and, and what ns has done in this
1: space one advantage i found i've been an um, ns group for over 14 years and I have had the unique and very blessed situation where it's never been an issue with regards to growth in that area, with regards to advancement for especially female team members. What I did find though is that as being part of the state manager group that encouraging diversity but also the candidates that we are receiving, we were receiving more female candidates than we ever did before. But I, diversity is not just um, adding to your female um, team, it's diversity of backgrounds. One thing I've, I have challenge with our HR team is when they're giving me um, CVs we tend to, to employ from a certain couple of universities and a certain course and I want diversity. We do so many complex projects that I don't see how we can do that to the best of our abilities with just one intake or one one stream of intake and so i think that's another way of doing it that you have to look at all how how your adverts going out we we talk about flexible working we never used to talk about before so you're encouraging potentially part-time we we have three people that are working actually four um three or four days depending on their um scenario so that's been that's been wonderful but it's been a journey um that' gone on and will continue to improve.
0: Mm, yeah, fantastic. And Rachel, what about from your experience, um not necessarily just at emerge, but in in your sort of area of expertise and specialty, what do you think are some of the the biggest barriers, I suppose, to greater diversity? I think for me, so I'm working in
2: environmental and hydrology, especially, We can't, I kind of get to two ends of the spectrum. So I actually find a lot of, probably more in the gender element of the discussion, but I find a lot of women working in hydrology, but we inherently work in an engineering space a lot. So a lot of the work we do is in engineering and that then is very male heavy. So while we might have quite a few of us who are females in the hydrology space, we will always find ourselves in a meeting room with all men. So, it, you know, it's kind of it's interesting when you walk, work in the water industry. It's actually quite diverse, the water industry, but in the development industry and the, the kind of rooms that I find myself sitting in less so. But it's kind of there's definite intent to improve things and I think more and more so the intent is definitely there and there are fewer and fewer people definitely with the kind of you know oh yeah it's just the little lady kind of attitude and even I think the cultural side that's less so there but I do think the, the kind of unconscious bias is still quite a big elephant in the room that is one of the difficult things for people to maybe recognise and, and get yeah. past Yeah, that for me I think is the biggest step in any first step. And I think that's something we put, we did put in that um, toolkit as being one of the first things about recognising where your gaps are, but also what the drivers for your gaps are. And that generally is an unconscious bias that until you really self-reflect and see that you can't really, you can set all the objectives in the world. But if you don't recognise that, that's maybe what's holding you back. So I think that's for an industry-wide unconscious bias is probably, a, I would say, is one of the, fir- the first and biggest goals to try and
1: yeah, and if you exactly. don't think you have it, oh, you're wrong. We everyone all do it. does. We, we all do, all do it. it. Yeah. So it's it's mm. a bit of unconscious bias training. There's online, just Google it. There's there's online training that you can do for free, mm. and it just it's a bit of an eye opener. Yeah, I can imagine. To, to, I remember to, when we were doing it. the
2: policy toolkit, which was yeah. something that we talked about a lot in a lot of the sessions, and we were kind of, do we have it as its own thing in the toolkit because it became such a big topic about, you know, should it be a thing of its own and um, we, I don't think we did make it a complete standout thing on its own, but it, I don't think anyone should underestimate the importance of that being right at the beginning of a process for mm-hmm. any company. Even if you already have a policy, keep coming back to it because new people will come in, yeah. new biases will come up. Yeah. yeah. Even yeah. if the, you know, you can have all the genuine intent in the world, and you know, I, I, I'm not sexist. I don't mean to be sexist, but we always, especially in the recruitment, we tend to look for ourselves. In whom we recruit, yes, and that's an unconscious bias. It's not that you don't want to recruit someone else; you just kind of see the strengths in them because you recognise them.
1: Yeah, um, I have to. I always have to catch myself on the other ways that I do a lot of recruitment for NS now, and we're increasing females, which is great. But it's always like I have that best best for company mm-hmm. um, solution um, in mind, and, and yeah, it's it goes both ways. to kind of make sure that I'm not just employing females, even though they. yeah. They're pretty, they're <laughs> pretty <those> girls. girls. <laughs> pretty good. if you do <laughs> say so yourself as a female
0: so you know we talked before um rachel you mentioned that there's so much data out there around diversity and particularly gender diversity so so what do you think the benefits are to organizations that embrace diversity inclusion in their workspace i think a lot of the
2: data we found really was the, the kind of the end goal profitability like really at the end of the day, all the stats came back to you. You know, there's lots of things that will get you there, increased productivity and increased engagement, um, better morale, um, but ultimately it comes down to increased profitability for your business. Um, You know, more innovation, you know, more diversity in thought because of different backgrounds. But yeah, at the end of the day, you're going to make more money and you're going to have a happier workforce and a healthier workforce mm. through that process so i mean that's the kind of big stat really that came out of nearly every yeah. study that we saw
1: i mm. just think about like what we all do for a living in this space is we make great places you know we, we're part of a team that makes communities and if you look at someone that's designing a large community and if they don't have diversity on on the on the engineering side on the people on the client side when they're making decisions how can you possibly be making the best place if you haven't got input from a cross-section of the community yeah absolutely and I think that's one of the things that when we look at the
0: development industry in its entirety um, it's it's about exactly that Um, we're in the business of creating diverse communities and if we're not a diverse community within ourselves within our own industry how can we possibly expect to have Mm. um you know a a great outcome in terms of um, creating diverse communities
2: yeah there's only so much you can empathize and consider your different situations when you've never been in them yourself like there's so there's a certain amount you can do that but there's only so far you can go and so the more people with different experiences you have bigger range you can be able
0: to build mm-hmm. in. So moving on to, to taking action, because I think, you know, a lot of organisations out there have the best of intent. We, we talked about that before, but being able to translate the intent into meaningful action can be a challenge for a lot of organisations. So what do you think organisations should do to take meaningful action in relation to diversity and inclusion? And what do you think it means to,
1: to take meaningful action? I think first of all is ask when's the last time you as a company, whether it's everyone or just the executive team sat down and talked about it. And if the answer is never, then, you know, you you must take action. Just look at the business side. Rachel said profitability. I'm sure every business is doing their planning for the next financial year right now and looking about how they can make, you know, more profit, keep happier staff. And if this isn't on the agenda, they're missing a trick. So all you need, you don't even need anything in particular, just sit down and start start talking about what they do now. You know, what do we as a company do well now? I I would encourage that to be done with the entire team because you'll probably get 10 hours worth of work in one session on a Friday with a a couple of drinks and and some nibbles and, you know, make make it collaborative. Do that and then it's resourcing. Like anything, nothing happens if you don't put time against it. It's not necessarily money, it's time because it's just someone's time to say use the toolkit that UDIA have developed to produce their own policy or time into events that the company are going to do in the future to improve the diversity and inclusion across the board.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me I, two words came out when I looked at the word meaningful, like it's got to be genuine. You know, you've genuinely got to be meaning to do it. And your driver can be profitability. That doesn't mean you're not genuine about it. Like you genuinely want more profitable business and you see that this is going to get you there. So, you know, it doesn't have to be, oh, yes, I want to be the best, you know, I don't know, human being on the planet. You know, profitability can be your goal, um, but also realistic. You know, don't expect yourself to be able to write a policy and be the most diverse and inclusive company on the planet within year one if you're maybe starting from, zero on a scale like you've got to be realistic otherwise you're going to fail and you're going to feel like crap and you might stop doing it so i think meaningful needs to be being realistic about where you are then what your goals are and what you can achieve over a certain period of time and then commit to like say time and resource to go through the motions and it might take you five even ten years to get to a truly diverse company depending on, especially for SMEs, you know, you might not have that bigger workforce and then, you know, especially in we talked before in the diversity committee about difficulties with the kind of grads you're getting through you might not have a huge diversity mix in that so some Mm -hmm. of it is about getting that mix through Mm -hmm. the graduates you get in so you're kind of working on a small base so you've got to think about that in your policy and your goals in the first place and that's what we were trying to get through in the toolkit was think about the things that you can actually control and drive your goals and objectives around those so you're being realistic
1: otherwise you're going to set objectives that
0: you're going to you're never going to be able to set yourself up to
1: fail. Yeah, but the business leaders as well. Um, your peers, talk to mm-hmm. people in the industry and ask what they're doing. That's the best way because if you start talking to your peers and realize they're already three steps ahead of you, it just is, is an extra spur along to go. If I don't do this, we're going to we're not moving with the times mm-hmm. and we're not going to be an employer of choice. Because at the end of the day, most companies are just made up of the skills of the people they have. And if they're not attracting the best people and a diverse workforce, that doesn't make any sense. When you you Mm -hmm. say like that, it doesn't make any sense that anyone would want a company. That's not attracting the best and yeah. most diverse workforce they can. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So, before we finish, I wanted to obviously thank Anna and Rachel for um, talking to us today. But finally, as always, we always ask our participants in our podcast to give us one message in a bottle for our listeners to take away with them as they continue with the rest of their day. So, we'll start with you, Anna. What's your message in a
1: bottle for our listeners? Being a mum of two young children, a boy and a girl, I think um, this one is for the parents. I think it's your responsibility to open your children's eyes to a multitude of career opportunities, regardless of their gender, but it's theirs to follow their passion. Love it. Rachel? Diversity can
2: bring knowledge and innovation. Inclusion brings engagement and productivity. Together they can only bring competitive advantage and profitability. Why wouldn't you prioritize it?
0: Exactly. Why wouldn't you? Fantastic. Well, look, thank you so much to both of you for spending some time with us today. And thanks to you for listening in. I hope that today's discussion has been of value. Stay tuned for more episodes of our podcast dedicated to exploring diversity
1: and inclusion in the urban development industry and more broadly in the coming months.